deep deep down today in this episode of crystal myth aren't we mark deep down in the fishy lands gonna get all wet wet and salty wet and salty (laughs) i'm just taking a drink because thinking about all the wetness makes you you know yeah i don't know what i'm saying now well, it does if you drink seawater. You're not supposed to drink seawater because of all the salt in it. It doesn't help if you're first and you're stuck in the middle of the ocean. You'd be as well just drinking your own piss. What well, starts on the podcast? Way! Yay! <laughs> this week's episode is about drinking things. Drinking <laughs> your own piss. No, it's about things under the sea, which is Yasmin's idea, but Yasmin's still away. So we're just yeah, covering still... our topic for her. Gallivanting around the world. Looking for mermaids, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, she did there's... seem, I feel like her response to our topic was like one of excitement. So she did seem excited that we were doing it. But, ah. But, but she can't be here to do it with us. Oh, that's that's sad. Uh... But she'll listen to it. So hi, Az. Uh, well, hopefully she will. Um, I find it really difficult because we sort of covered the sea already, didn't we? But there's so many, there's vast oceans of stuff out there. And there's weird shit in the oceans that we just will never know. It's like, it may as well be space. I think I've maybe brought that point up before, but it's one of the few unexplored spaces on Earth, you know, that, has yet to be discovered yeah it's very difficult to get in about yeah i mean i don't know what what is the let's see what's the deepest mankind has got in, in the bodies of water i hope i don't i mean this could be a really scary search um <laughs> results <laughs> the deepest mankind <laughs> just worried what i'm gonna get here <laughs> has how do i phrase it been in the ocean or the sea underwater (laughs) underwater i don't know how i would phrase it like that seems like too many words but i don't know what you'd take out to make it still a coherent question right here we go so the deepest um any human has been is vescovo's trip to the challenger deep at the southern end of the pacific ocean's mariana trench which is a really deep trench back in may was said to be the deepest manned sea dive ever recorded. So how deep do you think that is? Well, I know how deep the Mariana... No, I, that's not true. I don't do know you? how deep the Mariana Trench is. I know that the minimum depth story. of the Mariana Trench, but I don't know the maximum depth. Not because it's not, like, because I've not looked it up, because I am going to be talking about the Mariana Trench. 
just because the Mariana <laughs> Trench is at least 7,000 metres below sea level, but that's like the the point at which we know it goes to. So it, it will go further than that. It probably goes considerably further than that. I've not noted anything down specific because it was all just estimates, but most of the stuff I was looking at seemed to think it was between about 12 and 14,000 metres below sea level. Wow. So like, hella deep. Well, well, this is an article I found on CNN and it was updated on the 8th of October 2019. So pre-pandemic times. <laughs> Obviously it was, as usual, it was financed by some sort of fucking billionaire, 53-year-old billionaire. Um, I'm surprised it wasn't Elon Musk. I thought he would be in and about that, but he calls minors pedophiles, so maybe not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> remember when he tried to, he, he said he was going to invent something to rescue those boys in that flooded cave. One of the divers said, no, what are you doing? Fuck off. You're just wasting everyone's time. And he says, ah, but you're a pedophile. That was his response. Again, much like the conversation we were having prior to the Gordon, Elon Musk also on the big ass weirdos list, like such a weirdo. <laughs> yes, isn't he? Well, okay, the lowest, the deepest point is called Molloy Deep. It, it, he's, he said that he completed his final dive on August 24th, 2019, and he plummeted 5,550 metres, which is 18,208.66 feet. Uh, the lowest point in the icy Arctic Ocean, situated some 170 miles west of Svalbard, Norway. We talked about that before as well. Have we? Yeah, that was... Why, what was it? Remember when we did like random countries and the mythology from them? I did Svalbard. Oh yeah, that's right. And it was yeah. a really icy place. Oh okay. And cats are banned. Yeah, and they're not allowed to give birth there. Yeah. Yes. Not the cats. Anything. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> cats, cats or people. So then he went to the south Pacific. Is it southern end of Pacific Ocean's Mariana Trench back in May? which was said to be the deepest manned sea dive ever recorded at 10,927 metres, which is 35,853 feet. So what so do that, you think? to be fair, makes sense because it's deeper than the shallowest point of the... Or, so you're no. saying that there's something deeper than that. So we just don't... So again, it's unexplored because we don't have the technology to survive the pressures. An interesting fact that I found that I think like gives an, a good idea of the depth, even though we're saying numbers, but I feel like it's always good to have like a, a representation, is that the average ocean, the average depth of areas that we would class as deep ocean is one third the minimum depth of the Mariana Trench. What? So normally when we talk about deep ocean, we're talking about going like down the entire length of deep ocean, then the entire length of deep ocean again, and then further to get to the bottom of the Mariana Trench. Jesus Christ. She's huge. And there's a picture of uh, Vescovo, and he is dressed like a NASA astronaut with his like, blue suit, like jumpsuit thing. I'm realising the guy you must be talking about is one of the other things I found was about the 2019 
um, like diving mission, and I didn't then bother to look into what the 2019 diving mission was, but it said that the like depth discovered in that means that the Mariana Trench is at least a mile deeper than Mount Everest is high, if that makes sense. Yeah. So well, there is, a, there is a mountain in Hawaii, I think, somewhere that is actually taller than Everest. It's just because it's underwater. It doesn't, it's oh. not above sea level, but it's bigger. That. Yeah. I learned that from my computer game, Yakuza, because it came up in a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> That's why computer games are important. So he said here in this article, uh, they discovered a weird creature because I want to be oh, talking good. about. Oh, have you seen so- something about that? Well, what is oh, it? Well, I thought you were going to say like they suspected there was a cryptid, but no, talk about the weird creature. I did like I found a couple of different weird creatures that live in the Mariana Trench. Well, he said there's been exciting scientific discoveries along the way at the bottom of the Indian Ocean. Oh, it's not the Mariana Trench. Trench. It's in the void of the Java Trench. Vescovo and his team spotted an extraordinary gelatinous animal, which they said did not resemble anything seen before under the sea. Alan Jameson, the expedition's chief scientist, told CNN Travel back in April that the creature was a curveball. Not literally, I guess, but... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I've got a picture of it here. And it, it just looks like a like a gelatinous ray type fish. Like cross between a jellyfish and a, a manta ray. It's got oh, a, like a really long tail and it is very like see through and gelatinous. They, they creep me out. Like you say about the space thing, I think it, all the creatures that I found that they kind of studied in the Mariana Trench were all, yeah, like they looked like they should be from an alien world, not from our world. Pretty much is an alien world down there. Um, He said, quote, it just so happened to drift right up to our camera, make a 90 degree turn, give us a beautiful shot of it, and uh, and off it went. I thought he was going to say it gave us a wave. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just such an unbelievably lucky shot. And they've also said more disturbingly that at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean's Mariana Trench, Viscovo spotted what he said was a plastic bag and candy wrappers. That is, to be fair, very disturbing. Yeah. That's how terrible an impact we're having on the planet, that if you go to somewhere that's basically unreachable in the furthest depths that you can possibly dive to, there's still human shit there. Bastards. And that's all I've really got on that. So that's the deepest mankind's has ever been. Well, I yammered about Mariana Trench. Trench? Mariana Trench. Why can't we say trench? What is wrong with us? Trench. Trench. (laughs) Or crunch. Because I wanted to talk about the possibility of a cryptid down there. Because, you know, I love love me my cryptids. Yeah, I I don't doubt that there's a possibility of a cryptid down there because there's a lot of weird shit down there. Yeah, the thing I kind of said to you earlier before we started recording is that most sort of biologists that have been asked about it were like yeah clearly there is cryptids down there because cryptids are just undiscovered animals and there are undiscovered animals down there mm. therefore yeah there is a cryptid but the specific one the like mariana trench cryptid or the mariana trench monster was discovered in 2016 so biologists were studying the trench and they heard a strange sound coming from down there they managed to get a recording of it it was like a they said it was kind of a metallic rattly echoey sound 
and then they retrieved the recording equipment that they recorded it on the cable that attached it to their pod for them to mm-hmm. retrieve it on which had like a 20 centimeter thick protective surrounding on it had been half sawn through which isn't anything to do with the thing they were recording because it was away in the distance but I just thought that was interesting as well that there's some other creature down there that's like pure oh there's a massive cable it's only down here for five minutes I'll just saw it in half that is creepy yeah like how not even yeah just how like I wonder what the creature was and what kind of has it got giant pincers or that's what I was thinking like what what is it that it managed to do that the noise when it was studied because even though the cable was half cut through the sound was still preserved and recorded and they were able to listen back to it and it was believed to be natural although some of the scientists had described it as like a metallic sound and sound they said that actually listening to it it clearly was from something that was alive and based on the distance they thought that the sound was traveling over and the level of the sound they thought it must have been something larger than any living creature that we've discovered confusingly quite a lot of people thought not scientists thought that it might be a popular fictional creature that we've talked about before, Cthulhu, which (laughs) makes as much sense as saying, like, it's probably, like, Golem from Lord of the Rings, (laughs) logically. So one of the reasons that, as you said, it would make sense to assume that it is real and is definitely coming from a living creature is because there's just so many weird-as-fuck creatures that live in the Mariana Trench that only lived there and were discovered there and nobody knew about them until they found them there. So like very famous ones that I'm not going to go into because everybody knows what they are, like sea cucumbers. So you get like giant sea cumbers in the Mariana Trench. Mm-hmm. The Dumbo octopus was discovered in the Mariana Trench and you don't find them anywhere else. Angular fish, although you do find them in other deep ocean places, but they're creepy. Angular. Yeah, they are creepy they are in the Mariana Trench. They're obviously weird in comparison to other creatures. Like my favourite weird thing about them is male anglerfish are tiny. Yeah, and they, adapt, they attach themselves yeah. to a female and then become part of it. Yeah, they basically like melt into her body so they can't, like <laughs> other fish, like basically spray ejaculate into the sea. But they don't do that. Their DNA is stored inside them so they basically just slowly melt into the female anglerfish so that her body absorbs their DNA in order for her to lay fertilized eggs which is again weird and alien like that just doesn't seem like something an animal on the earth should be able to do. I'll run you through some of the weirdest creatures that I've read about that they've discovered down there so probably my favorite one is the none of these make this noise by the way I'll come back to the noise but just because all of these seem like cryptids as well so there's the Mariana snailfish so it's uh (laughs) This is my description, not a scientific description. <laughs> it's like a scaleless fish. So instead of being covered in scales, it's got like kind of baggy pink skin. I, that's the only way I can describe it. It's like it's got too much skin for its body. It's pink, it's saggy, and it's not segregated into scales. It's just got skin like we have skin. It's completely covered all over in slime. Like it produces its own kind of slimy ooze through its skin. So it's always covered in goo. Oh. They look kind of like big, giant, pink, Let me me look it up. What's it called? Uh, uh, Mariana snailfish. Two minutes, actually. I might have a picture of one saved in my phone. Because I fell so in love with them. One Google, anyway. Who will find it I can't spell Mariana. Uh, Let's go to images. It looks like like something out of Razorhead. It does a bit, yeah. 
It looks like it it's got had wings. A, a tadpole cenobite. Yeah, it's got wings as well. Have you seen that? It looks like a little dragon. It looks like a little Pokemon thing. Yeah, it does have wings, and then it's not really got any fins further back. It's got like wing, wings basically up where its face is, and then again, the whole <laughs> rest of its body is like a tadpole. Also, what size based on that picture would you guess they were? Um, about the size of a large ra- uh, lizard. You are wrong. They are about a foot long on average. Fuck's sake. Is that big? I mean, I'd that say is a big, a isn't it? Fish, that's pretty big. <laughs> and they can grow bigger than that, just like the average one is about a foot long. They also have like really weird, so when they're being brought up to land to, okay, well, one, which I said you before we started recording, one of my favourite things about them is they can't actually bring them up to land to study them properly because whenever they bring them up to land, they, as it explodes, they don't, they implode oh, because they're sad. so used to the pressure in the Mariana Trench. If yeah. they're brought up out of the trench to study, basically like all of their weird baggy skin just sucks in in itself until they're dead. That's so sad. I suppose that they are like aliens then because they can't exist in our atmosphere. Yeah, it's like impossible for them to exist. It's so weird. But when they did bring the the specimens of them that they had up, although they obviously couldn't study their skin properly because, again, they implode, they were able to study their skeletal system and they found that they don't have a fully formed skull. They've basically got like bits of skull where their face should be and they think it's to stop the pressure in the Mariana Trench from crushing their heads. They've basically just got like gaps all over their skull. It's like just a bunch of floating plates in their head. Kind of like the plates of the earth, but in a fish's face. They also don't have any bone in their body. Anywhere where other fish would have body would have bones in their body, they have cartilage. And then when they studied them down in the Mariana Trench, they, as you will know from the picture you just looked at, like they've got eyes. And they thought that was quite unusual because most creatures that live down that far have no need for eyes. They've evolved past them. But they realised that their eyes don't respond to any stimulus. So they do have like big fishy eyes, but they're all blind. Then how do they know, how can they get around? And I suppose it is really dark down there. So they'd either have to evolve massive fucking eyes like the giant squid does. Or they're just blinds and they don't need eyes because what's the point? If it's that dark, you can't see shit anyway. But then most creatures that live somewhere that's dark like that, as you say, either evolve like absolutely huge eyes or else their eyes over many generations like cease to exist because they've become useless. So it is kind of weird that they basically just got dead eyes. All of them have dead eyes, like Tom Cruise. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maybe he's what happens to a Mariana snailfish if the pressure doesn't kill it. Is that where Elrond Hubbard is? Down the bottom of the sea? I mean, maybe. He's supposed to to have come back by now. He's late. He's off exploring the Mariana Trench. Um, So what else is down there? Which relates to what you just said. So kind of almost the opposite of Mariana snailfish. There's the Baralai fish. So it's really weird. Is it just a giant eye? Sorry. No, so it's got like a normal fish's body, a, like just what you would imagine a normal fish to look like, like a trout, a carp or something. So it's got a perfectly normal looking fish body, but its head, like basically from its gills around the rest of its head, is entirely see-through and oh its eyes God. are internal in order to That's... protect them. And they're like absolutely fucking massive. So it's got two eyes that just fill up almost the entire inside of its skull but it's like skull and head are totally see-through so that the giant internal eyes can 
Yeah. But it's got like a cute face, but they're fake eyes. It's realised in the it's see-through fucking weird dome of a head. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Imagine seeing that swimming about in your house or something. That would be really terrifying. <laughs> Again, though, like they're so alien because if you imagine one of them like swimming through, <laughs> I know it's a good sound weird because other fish don't swim through the air. You'd think it'd be like mutated or something, something wrong with it. But like if you went out into the garden mm. and one of them was swimming through the air, you would absolutely shit yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas like if you went into the garden and there was a goldfish swimming through the air, I'd be like, this is a bit weird. Like, I don't know what's going on. But if there was one of the two of those things swimming through there, um, an even creepier looking one, Google goblin shark. So a oh. goblin shark is it's basically like a pink shark, but it's got... <laughs> What I can only describe it, it's got like a wee scary pop out mouth inside oh, of its mouth. Oh fuck that! <laughs> it's like a oh my, I've just seen a clip of a goblin shark eating a goldfish or whatever the fuck that is, and it's it's got like a jaw inside its jaw. It's like the alien. Yes, that's exactly it, what it, I thought when I saw it. Jesus Christ! <laughs> and it's got really horrible teeth as well. And then I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds. Literally everything they find down there is weird as fuck. But the other one that I really like <laughs> is the zombie worm. So a zombie worm. These names are really metal as shit, man. I love it. (laughs) I mean, it's got pretty metal hair. So it's like a sea creature that's got like this sort of crazy orange punk hairdo. Oh, my God. And it basically floats along at the bottom of the Mariana Trench and it'll attach on to another creature or like dead things. So sometimes if whales carcasses and things have sunk down there, they'll be covered in zombie worms. But it basically attaches on to whatever it lands on so that the crazy mad wild punk hair bits facing up the way and their little butt mouth because their mouth and their butt are <laughs> like basically they've got a mouth and an arsehole combined and it'll <laughs> latch on to whatever it is basically going to eat and burrow into them a bit and then it basically just taps into your bone and starts sucking out all your bone marrow the cat's really upset about it. <laughs> did you hear him start crying there as soon as i said that oh i was crying at the same time so <laughs> i didn't see that no so to go back to the Mariana Trench cryptid. Mm-hmm. So one, I think looking at all these weird creatures, it's more than reasonable to assume that this gigantic weird creature exists. And then two, they're saying from the sound that it would have to be the biggest creature that's ever lived. Which is and feasible considering what I'll go on to talk about. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I won't say too much because I know that's what you're going to go on and talk about. But obviously scientists discussing it had kind of said, well, there are other like there are plenty of things that live in the deep oceans that are absolutely huge mark i just think you're when i was googling the zombie worm right um i just came across a little thumbnail and underneath it it said zombie worms regrows eyes and body after being chopped ew ew indeed (laughs) again just everything down there is so but it, it is like as you say because they're so separated from us because it's so different from the rest of the planet it does make sense that they've evolved in completely different ways from everything else but they're just so weird i mean weird to us but to them they're probably fucking gorgeous yeah they're like the naomi campbell of the mariana <laughs> trench all of the what are they called i want to say slugworms snailfish all of the snailfish are trying to get off with the zombie worms yeah but yeah like you do get 
even these creatures so you get these creatures that are completely different from anything we've got but then you get creatures that are basically the same as what we would have here but they're absolutely massive so like one example would right. be the xeno hold on xenophagopha which the fuck do you spell that x-e-n-o-p-h-y-o-p-h-e-y which is basically just like an absolutely massive woodlouse like that's all it is it's a woodlouse that has evolved to live in the water and has evolved to live at the bottom of the mariana trench and they are i mean absolutely (laughs) huge like you would have to hold your whole arm out to balance it on your arm instead of you know a normal woodlouse that would fit oh they creep me out on the tip of your pinky Slaters or yes, oh, Wait, I hate them when the they get in my kitchen. They are creepy. I mean, I definitely wouldn't want one that's bigger than a dog crawling about in the kitchen floor. I would freak mm-hmm. out. But again, it does show that things that are tiny can grow absolutely massive. So, biologists that were listening to the recordings oh of the sound mm-hmm. think that it is either an undiscovered species of or a thought extinct but actually still existent in the Mariana Trench species of something called a baleen whale which I will just send you a picture of I really don't want to go down the Mariana Trench there's like giant crab things it actually is like the place of my nightmares yeah I mean it is super creepy sorry (laughs) as I was saying that I'm trying to send you a picture of the cat full pelt jumped on me (laughs) Hold on. Look. Share baleen whale diagram image. Ooh, actually, the shower's on. Just talk blasters through what I'm doing. I'm sharing its mm-hmm. image. I'm sharing it with Leslie. I've selected her name. Have you seen the picture of the hatch at fish? fish? No, look I won't do that, that. Will you look at my picture of a, right, a baleen okay. whale? Oh, I mean, it's just a giant fat jawed whale. Yeah, it's quite <laughs> cute. It. It's having a big fuck off fat jaw. Let's see, hatchet fish. Gorgeous. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, when I just saw a bit of the picture, I was like, they're cute. I mean, they're not not cute. They're weird. I think yeah. I quite like them. Do you? They look really shocked. Like, every single picture, they're like, oh. They're re- yeah, very surprised looking. <laughs> How did I get down here? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just laughing at his eyes. Yeah, it's good for his eyes. I know, that's what made me laugh. Deep sea hatchet fish. Don, I'm going to put some, some deep sea at the start there. Hatchet fish from the deep sea. There we go, lovely. From the, from the side, it doesn't look too bad. But then when you look at it from the front, it does look like, you know, like one of those cartoons where their eyeballs pop out of their sockets in surprise. Yes. I think that's from the what... side they look hilarious and from the front they look like some sort of like harbinger of doom that would draw you into the water and eat your soul. Yes. Ooh, creepy. Creepy lads. I'm going down a total rabbit hole here of looking up like really terrifying fish creatures now. Oh yeah, no, I've changed my mind. I don't like them. I've looked at too many of them front facing. <laughs> um look away, why don't Mark. You talk about another big lad well, from the sea. A big lad would be the colossal squid. I mean, I thought there was just giant squid, but then there's the colossal squid. Um, and they're very hard to find. Like, I think one of the largest ones ever found was it's in a museum in Falkland Islands. It was, well, it was caught just off the Falklands Islands, and they called it Archie the Giant Squid. Oh. And, um, I'll take a picture of it and show you. 
uh, for the listeners, it's just literally a really long fuck off squid <laughs> in a big tank. Um, I would not want to encounter one of these things. I mean, I don't like. Was it Cala Calamari? Is that was that, that what you? Yeah, Calamari. Is it? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's little chunks of squid, isn't it? Squid rings, and you can yeah. see that if you look this up, just look up giant squid. I think um, caught off the Falkland Islands. It, there you go, Mark. Can you see that? Yeah, I mean he's he's tall. Yeah, I'm I mean you that. can see him compared to it, the size of a man. That is quite long. <laughs> it's funny as well though, because I feel like its body is like slightly bigger than the size of a man, but then it's got two tentacles that are just like fucking huge and go on forever. Yeah, I mean that's and that's a dead one. So, and that probably hasn't even reached its full potential size, possibly. Yeah. Um, and what they say is that the reason why the only reason why we know they exist is because when they're dying, they go to the surface. And that's why you would only find them there because there's so little oxygen. I don't understand that. You think, oh, no, because there's, apparently there's more oxygen down the bottom of the sea than there is at the top. I don't really get that. No, I don't get that either. Um, they grow. They thought to be growing larger than a London bus, the giant squid. That's just a giant squid and a colossal squid. They've got uh, Latin names, but I really can't pronounce normal words, so I'm not even going to try and I mean, yeah, neither them. Just strange, so... Mm. They tip the scales with weights of hundreds of kilograms, um, but they're called cephalods. I had to ask my boyfriend how to pronounce that word because I'm <laughs> you say retard. <laughs> how, is that how you pronounce it, Mark? Ce- yes. Cephalods? Cephalo- no, now I've confused myself. Cephalopods. Cephalopods, yeah. They have continued to remain unknown. It wasn't until 2004 that the first photographs of a live giant squid to be seen in its natural habitat were taken. Ooh. Or, But it would take until 2016 for the first video to emerge. I haven't looked at this video. So I, I'm kind of scared to click on it. To date, there are still no pictures of a living colossal squid. squid. So they've found a giant squid, but they've not seen the colossal squid, but they do know it exists. This lack of observations means that even to this day, the enormous invertebrates still straddle the line between legend and reality. So they're sort of like mystical legend, legendary creatures that yes, they same know there. Like, well, it technically is a cryptid because yeah. we've not got any specimens of one anywhere, but it's not really a cryptid because they do mm-hmm. exist. So. A guy called John Ablett, who's a senior curator in charge of mollusks at um, a museum, doesn't say what museum, <laughs> says these squids have been part of folk- folklore for thousands of years with writers such as Aristotle and Pliny writing about them. But then how the fuck do they know? Because they must have just seen dead ones because there's no way Aristotle and Pliny were able to deep dive down into the ocean we can't even do it i was a really good swimmer amongst other things he he was a good drinker as well i think part of the reason why people love the giant squid is because they're real but there's still a lot of mythology about them from the looks the looks or no the lusca in the caribbean to the scilla or cellia wait but it's s-c-l-l-a how do you pronounce s-c-y-l-l-a in ancient Greece, they may be responsible for our legends of sea monsters such as Kraken and Baby Cthulhu. I don't know. Scientists are now beginning to catch up to the myths of these animals and sorts of facts from fiction. 
what are cephalopods? They are, well, giant and colossal squid are mollusks, a group that includes everything from snails and oysters to squid and octopus. Have you ever had a cup noodle? No, I don't think I have. You know, like they're like pot noodles, but they're Japanese. Well, I used, I bought them, right? And I looked at the ingredients and it said may contain traces of mollusks and shellfish or was it shellfish something like that given and then the i was like mollusks you just gave that's quite broad like that, that, that could be a lot of things in your noodles yeah and that put me off eating them because i was like i don't really want to eat anything that's got snails oysters squid or octopus in it yeah <laughs> their name is derived from the latin for soft <laughs> describing <laughs> the moist and often squishy bodies of the animals so the, the one of the groups of mollusks are the cephalopods, which kind of sounds like cenobites from yeah. Hellraiser, which include the octopus, squid, cuttlefish, and the nautilus. Do you know what a nautilus is? They're weird. I thought it was um, the like what's his face? He's submarine. That's right. What's his face? Captain Nemo. Oh, well, he made. He probably does have a. a... But I didn't know it was an actual creature. What? Well, it's. It's a weird thing. It it has an, a shell, an outer shell, but it is a squid or like a cuttlefish, but it actually has an outer shell. So it looks like a giant sort of like, I don't know if you think of Zoidberg from I don't know, Futurama I'm, kind of thing. I didn't know there were real it's animals. It, I thought it was just the name yeah, of real. Like underwater ship. I wonder if they use their shells to as like a conch thing. I don't know. Well, many mollusks have a shell of some form to protect themselves. Living cephalopods have generally taken a different approach. Apart from nautiluses, which have an elaborate outer shell, all other cephalopod shells have become internalized. So you mentioned that creature that has bits of shell or bits of skull inside it. Yeah. That may be a similar thing to... A cephalopod. So it might have originally had an outer shell and now it's evolved to have. Yeah, I think that's really creepy about the squid. So it says if you open up a squid, you might see a hard structure called the pen or a feather, which is the remains of their external shell. In octopus, the shell has been reduced so much that it's barely visible. Changes to the shell are one of the many ways that the cephalopods have evolved very differently to other types of life, combining a mammal-like intelligence, which is also really weird because you know how like octopus are very intelligent creatures. Yeah. So they are like kind of little aliens. And also their legs are directly attached to their head. So that would be like if you imagine if that was in humans, it would be like if our heads, instead of being at the top where our necks are, it would be situated where our, our hips are. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine it's all wandering around, you know, with our, our, our head in the middle and our arms and our legs directly attached to our head. I mean, if we'd evolved that way, could have been. If we decide, maybe if we decided not to leave the sea and evolve to become what we are now, we would have just became like octopi. Yeah. Maybe that's what they are. They're just like humans that haven't or am i going down like but that's an interesting thing as well because i think on the alien point like if we found <laughs> the alien world and there was creatures as intelligent as octopi mm. we would probably treat them as though they were fish and eat them like a new form well no i was thinking like you might treat them as though they're a new form of intelligent life because they're so intelligent but, but it's then, almost like because octopi are from here we're like well 
they can't be on a level pegging to us. They're just creatures. I mean, that's I find that really disturbing. The thought that people actually eat octopus and squid and things. Your favorite animals, by the way. I mean, yeah. They're absolutely amazing. They're beautiful. Let me look it up. This is just this podcast just consisting of us just googling fish. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners like, what the fuck are they doing? We can't see this. You can Google along at home. It's a special oh Google along episode. Google along, yeah. Oh, it's that should beautiful. Be, the title of this episode should be the Google along special. Yeah, so it's basically like Zoidberg if he was devolved into a little shell thing because yeah. he's got all the tentacles at the front, but they'll come out of their wee shell. I don't actually know much about them. I think they're they're really cute though, aren't they? They are. They're absolutely beautiful. And they've got and like lovely little patterned shells much like the stripes of a tiger or a leopard or something or a tiger i'd say or like a wee sweetie <laughs> <laughs> people collect their shells i think you get a lot of um fossilized ones as well yeah they're really pretty Maybe anyway, back to the um, giant squid so they were saying that cephalopods have completely bonkers body plan and in the fact the name itself translates as as i was saying head foot because their arms and tentacles are connected directly to their head while the rest of their body is behind them in addition to the differences between their internal shells squid and octopuses can be told apart based on their limbs octopuses generally have eight arms which have suckers all the way along them while squid often have additional pairs of tentacles like that one that i just showed you it's got two big long tentacles that come out from yes. its head these tentacles are smooth apart from a paddle shaped structure at the end known as a tentacle club which are covered in suckers in many species of squid the tentacles sh- can shoot out to catch prey fucking hell which is then brought back towards the arms that take a firmer grip the two groups also differ in their size well there are species of octopus and the squid that can measure only a few centimeters long when fully grown others can reach enormous enormous sizes so what size are the biggest octopus and squid there are around 300 species of octopus with the largest being the giant pacific octopus and seven-armed octopus while the seven-armed octopus is heavier and can tip the scales at over 70 kilograms the giant pacific octopus is longer and between three and five meters long both are blown out of the water though by the colossal and giant squid which can reach up to six times this length and more there are a lot of arguments about how big these squid can grow there are historical reports that they can reach as much as 30 meters long but no specimen survives so this can't be verified although we don't know everything that's in the deep most scientists now believe that female giant squid reach around 13 meters long and males are around 10 meters so the females are a lot fucking bigger than the males as it should be sorry yeah <laughs> in the case of the colossal squid the jury is out the biggest one found to date was around nine meters long but it wasn't fully mature some scientists believe they don't get as big as giant squid and never reach 13 meters while others think they could grow even bigger to 18 meters so it's like a fucking dick swinging contest there uncertainty is <laughs> it's like my tentacles are much larger than your tentacles are in theory not even my tentacles my chosen field of tentacles yeah exactly it's much larger than your chosen field of tentacles <laughs> uncertainty over the size of giant um cephalopods 
is in part due to the difficulty in studying them. Until recently, the majority of scientific knowledge was based on carcasses and fragments of the squid, either found floating at the ocean surface or in the stomach of sperm whales. Now, what I've learned is that the nemesis of the, the colossal squid is the sperm whale. <laughs> but the uh, nemesis of the sperm whale is the bone worm, so... Really? Ugh. No, I just... <laughs> I won't believe anything you tell me. Uh, and because they've been often found in the stomach of sperm whales, but just their beaks, uh, with few intact specimens being found. What do we know about the giant squid? Well, they almost uh, exclusively live in the depths of the ocean between 200 to 1,000 metres beneath the, the surface or perhaps deeper. Any shallower in this, it's thought that the sea temperature is too high for them to survive due to the very low oxygen-carrying capacity of the hemocyanin uh, in their blood. All right, so that's what it is. They, there's too much oxygen towards the surface. Oh, okay. So they're unable to take dissolved oxygen out of the water to breathe, and so any individuals found at the surface are probably dead or dying. However, recent efforts have started to illuminate the mysteries of this species in its natural environment. The first confirmed report of a giant squid in the wild is from Dr. Tsunami. <laughs> I was going to say Tsunami. That'd be quite a funny name for a guy that studies war. <laughs> Dr. Tsunami. I'm going to call him that anyway. He sounds like a super villain. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Tsunami Kubodera in 2004. There had been a few dead and dying individuals seen before then, but this was the first to be photographed in its natural habitat. He put a baited camera where he thought there could be giant squid and waited for them to take the bait. One individual appeared and attacked, so we have assumed that the giant squid is a solitary hunter. It seems to be quite aggressive, and its streamlined shape has previously suggested it could be a fast-moving predator, but these photos have helped confirm... That sounds terrifying. I mean, yeah, I would like to be <laughs> out in my wee dinghy. So, like, that maybe that comes into, like, the thought of um, these things having, like, the capacity to basically pull down ships. But in reality, they can't because it, it, they would be too weak at the yeah, surface the to do that. the ship would basically be reverse Yeah, if you went down into their territory, though, on your ship, they could easily take you down or take you on, have a square go with you. Just saying... You shouldn't be yeah. in your environment anyway. It's trespassing. If you're in a submarine, they could fuck you up. Yeah, if you're in a submarine, they could definitely fuck you up. But if you were to, the only way you could maybe save yourself, unless they're really strong, is to zoom up to the surface so it fucks them up. Six years later, the first confirmed video footage of a giant squid in its natural habitat was taken by a team comprised of Dr. Kubadera, Dr. Edith Widder, and others, they made a jellyfish-like lure which gave off light to attract the squid towards it. Giant squid are thought to eat deep sea fish and other species of squid, so they're like cannibals. Although there are reports from Spain of dying individuals washing up that show signs of being attacked by other giant squid, whether this is a result of an attempted cannibalism or fighting over prey is not entirely known. They don't know their behaviours because they're so elusive, so yeah, they can only no really... Yeah, they, they can only just speculate. They might have a whole squid society down there of different rules and regulations. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> squid court. Squid court. Squid games. Although <laughs> <laughs> giant squid beaks found in the stomachs of other giant squid suggest it is the former. 
Despite slowly increasing our knowledge of the giant squid, the colossal squid remains elusive. God damn it. While the giant squid is found all over the world, although rare in the tropics and polar regions, colossal squid live solely in Antarctic waters, which makes it difficult to find and film them. What is the difference between a giant and colossal squid? Well, I'd imagine it's fucking bigger. I mean, duh. One of them's uh, giant, one of them's colossal. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> they are both large um, cephalopods, but they're not closely related and they do belong to different families of squid. Oh, okay. Previously, up to 21 separate species of giant squid have been described, but genetic evidence taken from specimens, including the museum's Archie, which is that one I sent you, that's in the tank, suggests there is just one. There is Oh, this is also true, likely true for the colossal squids. So they're saying that there's only one species of giant or colossal squids. That there's not varieties there's of only one species one. Of giant squid. Colossal. They're just oh. different sizes, and then there's only one species of colossal squid. They're just different sizes, I think. So this is where I get onto where you touched on earlier about how things deep in the Mariana Trench are fucking massive compared to what they would normally be, like the woodlouse. So it says lots of things in cold water grow slowly and become large through a process known as polar gigantism. It's not entirely certain why, although it may relate to the constantly cold temperatures and high amount of oxygen available for their metabolism. Colossal squid have a huge body but relatively short arms and tentacles. It means they're all head and no balls, which means their body plan... <laughs> Which means their body plan is in some ways opposite to the giant squid. It could mean these animals hang and hang about in the darkness and wait for prey to pass before striking, adapting to the lower amounts of food in the deep southern ocean. So getting big, getting wide, does not only increases the range of prey available to eat, but also limits the number of animals which can eat them, which is important when the squid are likely born at only a few centimetres long. Obviously, they don't start at 13 metres long. They've got to grow. That would be yeah. confusing, yeah. So it says, until they get massive, there are lots of things which eat them, and their beaks are found in the stomachs of seabirds and ocean-going fish. Once they do reach their full size, the only animal likely large enough to take them on is a sperm whale. And sperm or whales a are whale if there are fucking any massive. Some remains have also been found in the stomachs of sleeper sharks, but these fish are known to be scavengers, so they're probably feeding on dead ones. The growth probably takes place over many years, unlike other squid, which mature more rapidly. Most squid live fast and die young. <laughs> like James <laughs> Dean. <laughs> Sounds like an exciting life. It does. Live fast, die young. But in the deep water, we think that life slows down. Inside cephalopods, there is a structure known as a statocyst, which tells them their 3D position in the water, and studies in cuttlefish and other cephalopods have shown that the statocyst gains a ring for every day they are alive, like trees. However, we don't know if that corresponds to deep water species, and it's likely it doesn't. That's not too surprising, as it's hard to imagine seeing 13 metres long growing in a year or two. Something 13 metres long growing in a year or two. Alright, I get you. While there have been suggestions that the giant squid lives anywhere between 2 and 12 years, there's no clear consensus on how long these majestic monsters of the deep can live for. It's another mystery that remains to be solved about these elusive animals. Which takes me to the 500-year-old shark. Oh. Have you heard of this? No. This is really fucking weird. Um, look it up, a Greenland shark. It's really, okay. It does look ancient. Like it's 
got like a really fucked up eye as well. It, it looks like it's a Greenland shark or a big Greenland shark. Just put Greenland shark. Yeah, I don't know why I asked that. I realised I was asking. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Or 500 euro shark, whatever. One was discovered and they think it might be, well, it was reported that the shark was 512 years old, but they don't know for definite if that's the case. The creature in question is a Greenland shark. And it does, in fact, live to be several centuries, centuries old, which is pretty rad. According to a study that was published in August 2016 in the journal Science, they've said that they found a female, and in an analysis of 28 female Greenland sharks, they didn't identify one of them as over 500 years old. But they think that the range of sh- some of them were at least 272 years old. I mean, and potentially be as much as 512 because you can't accurately guess their age. They're quite cute. Do you think? Sharks. They do look like they don't have any. They do. They do look like old, old men of the sea, yeah. don't they? <laughs> They've got gum. Like they, it wouldn't so much bite you to death. It would gum you to death. Yeah, they're gumsy and they look quite like happy. <laughs> yeah, they look like cheery. They are also native to the Arctic and North Atlantic can grow up to be 24 feet long, seven metres long. And they're slow-moving fish, cruising at around one foot per second. So they move like old people as well. That is... And they reach depths of 9,000 feet, which is pretty fucking deep. Yeah, and they also try and to, to verify their age. They have structures such as calcified vertebrae, which, again, they read rings in the form of hardened tissues, the shark ages. But Greenland sharks are soft sharks whose vertebrae don't harden enough to form the telltale age markers. So scientists needed a new method to determine how they, old they were. Well, how? Carbon isotopes or the radiocarbon? Yeah, because some of them, one of the sharks showed signs of like, nuclear radiation. So it was obviously cutting about as far back as when the nukes nukes went off <laughs> it's still alive i mean that's weird that it's been nuked and not died they're basically like incredible hulk sharks yeah. i mean it said the tissue gave them a range for the sharks ages they were at least 272 years old or as much as 512 years old the two biggest sharks and probably the oldest were estimated to be 335 and 392 years old respectively and at midpoint of the range the most single uh, the likely single year age in this 272 to 512 year range was 390 years. Wow. I mean, <laughs> that, yeah. How do they do that, though? It says creatures that swim in the ocean depths are notoriously difficult to observe in their natural habitat and there's still much to be learned about many species that have been known to science for decades and Greenland sharks are no exception. But how is something not eating them or, like, I don't understand. What is the point of their life? So are they bored? What do they know? Why does I'm just jealous. Why why does something like that get to live to like five hundred years and we only get to live to eighty? Yeah, I, I mean we do much better with our five hundred odd years than no offense to that happy looking shark, but <laughs> I want to live for at least five hundred and nineteen years. It's fucking weird, isn't it? That it was cutting about you know, when Henry VIII was on the throne. <laughs> is in the 16th century when Copernicus declared the Earth revolved around the sun. Blah blah blah. But it didn't give a shit. It doesn't. It doesn't know. I'm presuming it doesn't. No, I like care. that putting random facts in because yeah, it's like, <laughs> as if it would be interesting to find its opinion on them. 
<laughs> the international shark of mystery. <laughs> it's got a special hormone and a cold environment which slows down the shark's metabolism, contributing to its longer life. So I, what I learned from that and the squid is that if you want to live a long time, don't put your heating on. Live in a colder environment. But move about very slowly. And you make sure your metabolism is very slow. But then that'll make you fat, wouldn't it? I don't know. But if you live in a cold environment, your body maybe works harder to burn off calories. Is that that the secret? No, (laughs) I I think that getting fat is the secret. You just, you brush by that too fast. Oh, okay. Once, once, forever, get like super morbidly obese. That's bad? Nope. (laughs) We found evidence to the contrary. Says the Greenland shark's eye lens tissue is unique in that it doesn't change during its lifetime, preserving the historic radiation that allows science to, scientists to establish its age. Funding has been made available in order for scientists to undertake further research. They now have more technology and expertise to determine how the shark's environment contribute to things like age and metabolism. If we compare the lifespan of a shark with that of a human, we know that they're likely to live around five times longer. So they look, also sharks don't get cancer either. Sharks are fucking amazing. Yeah, sharks don't get cancer either. So I think humans or scientists are looking to to see these sharks as well as the, maybe the immortal jellyfish about how we can exploit them to yeah. become like them. I mean, I would be willing to have a weird face like one of those sharks if it meant that I could live for 519 years. And finally, what I'm going to um, also point out is that also the touch on the polar gigantism what is it exactly it says where you can find sea spiders where can you find sea spiders the size of dinner plates i mean that's terrifying enough yeah i think it should be like where should you avoid avoid sea spiders (laughs) the size of dinner plates i mean i didn't even know there were sea spiders as bad enough as it is i know that you get sea snakes suppose whatever's above so below like they said they might be like bishops sea bishops and sea popes head to the frigid waters off antarctica and you'll likely run across one the size isn't normal for these um arthropods and other parts of the world are much smaller a few centimeters or less but in antarctica they experience what's called polar gigantism and it's exactly what it sounds like marine invertebrates that occur at the poles in really cold water tend to have much larger body sizes than our relatives that live elsewhere so let's move to the arctic and become massive we can't because we don't live we can't survive in the sea since it doesn't just happen to sea spiders the phenomenon has been seen in marine sponges worms even the single-celled organism studied by scientists like Sam Bowser, PhD, an investigator in New York State Department of Health's Wadworth Centre. Some of them are the size of your pinky nails, he told Weber.com, about the organisms typically only visible under a microscope. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I find that so scary. Like bacteria that you normally would only be able to see, you wouldn't yeah. see with a naked eye, are the size of your pinky nails. Yes, yeah, you can actually see, like, writhing around that's weird antarctica has been a hotbed for polar gigantism but it's not the only place to see extra large species it occurs in the deep sea as well like you were saying in the mariana trench aptly deep named aptly named deep sea gigantism um according to amy ran phd of the university of hawaii 
studied the species. She says different groups of organisms respond to weird environments in different ways. We're trying to understand the animals in these environments. In fact, why this happens remains an open-ended question. For there's one prevailing theory, and it has to do with oxygen. Pole-dwelling organisms have low metabolic rates because they are cold, living in what Woods describes as slow motion compared to sea. Well, that, that makes sense because the 500-year-old shark moves incredibly slowly. So again, is that is that the key to surviving a long time? It's just to be like a sloth then? Live in a cold environment and move incredibly slowly? Maybe it's almost like you're having a, mo- a normal life in slow motion. Like maybe that's what yeah. it is. Like, yeah, and time maybe to them doesn't go by as quick as it seems to us. Or maybe it's relative to them because they move so yeah. slowly that maybe time... 500 years to us is a long time but to them it maybe isn't that's blowing my mind <laughs> I don't know yeah, I, like it's like making my brain right go now. squashy trying to get my I feel head like I need to take acid to understand it there's a lot of supply compared to how much demand there is for oxygen uh, we think that that may allow them to evolve very large body sizes because they're not starving for oxygen but they are quick to point out that this is just one of a number of theories, so they don't actually know. One has to do with predators and that there aren't many down there, as in warmer waters. So they typically, small creatures have evolved to be larger because they can be larger because they don't need to hide from predators. Another has to do with chemical compounds. The waters have significant amount of silica from which some organisms build their shells. More silica leads to bigger shells, which leads to bigger orga- no, organisms, not organisms. <laughs> <laughs> there are real-world implications to this research, namely clues about how global climate change and global warming will affect ocean dwellers. We're worried that if the southern ocean starts to warm up, and it will, that may shift the oxygen relationships, and the giants are going to be the first to go. It's things, oh, no. Don't murder the big things before we even get a chance to discover them. And actually find them because we're because we're fucking up the environment. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Also, I was going to get there because he mentions like squid myths um, and mythology. You know, Pliny and Aristotle, who are real people, they're not mythological pe- uh, men. But <laughs> ah, giant squids in Greek mythology. Since this is crystal myth for me as well, look into that. Yep. So. As far as they know, there's no ginormous man-eating squids in Greek mythology, but there are a couple of similar creatures. The first is the Lernaean Hydra, a multi-headed water dragon defeated by... Oh, that'll be Hercules, won't it? Not so odd is Cancer the Crab showing pinching Hercules' toes. It's an interesting coincidence since some early Kraken stories make it rather crab-like. Oh, I don't know that. The other kraken-like monster of the Greek myth is Scylla, or Scylla, one of the perils that Odysseus has to pass on his way home. Homer's description of a roaring beastie on the coast of Sicily is a fancy echo of Mount Etna, one of the most active volcanoes in the world, but Scylla does bear some similarities to squid mythology, as it has multiple legs, multiple long-grasping necks with dog heads <laughs> that pluck sailors out of Odysseus' ship in a nearby whirlpool. But then I was thinking when you said the Hydra there, like maybe instead of it having seven heads, it's got seven tentacles. And it's tentacles, just, yeah. yeah. like a giant squid. The Greek know-all Aristotle first names the Tufos, or giant squid, in the 4th century BCE. How, he must have found a dead one. 
his his tufos is eight to nine feet long and is definitely a squid since he distinguishes it from a polypus, which is an octopus, by two extra feeler tentacles in addition to the usual eight. The Roman naturalist Pliny described a giant squid up to 30 feet long, which supposedly had started causing trouble at a fishing port by raiding salted fish from the pickling tubs. I mean, is that like, because the oxygen, well, how? Oh, sorry, that none of that was a fully formed sentence. <laughs> we know that obviously oxygen levels in the atmosphere have changed over time. Because like, if you went back to ancient times, they were like so much higher than they are now. So do you think that the oxygen levels were high enough? Maybe, yeah. In those times, for giant squid to come closer to the surface, so that's well, like maybe the, in theory may- possible. Possibly because like maybe there wasn't as much global warming. Obviously, like there's a lot more warming in the oceans now. So maybe back then they were able to survive like a sort of more colder climate in the sea. There's also a little tidbit here about uh, Norse mythology, which would make sense because, again, you're talking about that place in Norway that's Arctic, it's cold. So it stands to reason that some of the mythology would be a Norse mythology Although they're talking about the Kraken in this respect, which is a type of giant squid, isn't it? The word Kraken, Krake, was first recorded in the 1700s. Some depictions are more octopus-like than squid-like. The number of tentacles vary in artistic representations. While Kraken is a relatively new word, tales of the Kraken may date to the 12th century. Snorri Stulison's Prose Edda, a collection of Norse myths, which includes a knockdown drag-out fight between the god Thor and the Midgard serpent. Some scholars argue from the art that the Midgard serpent is really a giant squid. Could be. But then, again, I suppose, yeah, it would make sense because a tentacle, a serpent, they could be mm-hmm. easily. Uh, well, also they thought that you know how the monsters or the serpents, sea serpents and things like that depicted mm-hmm. on maps and stories? Actually, there are the penises of giant sperm whales. Or yes, I've whales. read that before. Because <laughs> <laughs> they've got massive knobs that look like serpents. Look up sperm. I mean, they do look like. Yeah. Again, watch out for your search history there. <laughs> you may want to wipe your hard drive, but... There's, yeah, massive whale dick in the sea that look like sea serpents, potentially. Well, that's all I've got to say about that. The sound just kind of went there. Oh, right. Sorry. Well, that's all I was thinking about um, giant whale rocks. Yeah, to be fair, I was mesmerised by it. And and the fact that, like, you know, dolphins can rape humans. Imagine getting raped by a fucking big, massive whale cock. Mm, (laughs) Jesus. I don't know if ra- um, whales rape people, do they? Am I going to look this up now? Well, I'm aware of. Do whales actually molest humans? Should I put that so I don't get arrested? Yeah, that's, that's a lovely way to put that. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got anything else about weird things under the sea? I didn't really touch on mermaids, did we? But uh... No, we can. when Yaz is back one day, we can do a mermaid thing. We know she loves her mermaids. Mm-hmm. Mermaid daft. I mean, when you Google this, it says do whales masturbate. I mean, that's not something I've ever thought of before. <laughs> nope, no, not something that's ever <laughs> popped into my head before either. Um, scientists reveal kinky secrets of whale sex. Nothing about. I mean, there's questions about have a has a human ever been raped by a dolphin, but nothing about whales. So I'm guessing whales are sound. 
Good. I'm glad that whales are still all right, guys. But what are the secret kinky sex secrets of the whales? I mean, that's their business, isn't it? As long so as they're respecting whale adults, well, they can do whatever they want. So, spoiler alert, this is on Jezebel. <laughs> whales have huge dicks and know how to use them. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was written by a man, by the way. Whales have giant foreskins. Whales bang a lot, but you will never see it too bad because whales are amazing lovers. I mean, how does this guy know this? It sounds like he has been shagging a whale. That's what it sounds like, yeah. <laughs> we know all of the above facts because scientists have been studying whale sex for a long time. You see, whale sex is fascinating for two reasons. First, because of how drastically their sex organs have evolved. Second, because watching whales have sex is so rare. Yeah, because that's a real, like, you'd have to be really dedicated to your kink to you know, yeah, to watch whales having sex because you need, like, actual scuba diving equipment or deep, like, submarines. <laughs> That's a real. You need a lot of money to do that to watch your rest being whale a, dragged to your death by a colossal squid while you're. You may get sucked in there. Whale peeping Jeez. Tom. Yeah, whale peeping Tom. <laughs> he says he loves the fact that whales are very secretive about their sex lives. What? How does he? No, right. Okay, that's a stupid statement. How does he know they're secretive about it? They just they just live in where they live. Because anytime he's asked a whale a question about their, <laughs> sex, their sex life, they've not answered. Uh, he tried searching for whale sex on YouTube, but found precious little. In fact, the closest thing he found was the, the video of a giant whale penis. Check it out. No thanks. Impressive, huh? <laughs> Turns out parts of the whale's body, long considered to be useless like the appendix, are actually evolving right along with whales, allowing them to meet more efficiently. Um, I don't know. Pelvic bones. I like that it's like it's a scientific fact that they're really good lovers, and then mm-hmm. it's like because they are able to mate efficiently. I don't know if good lover and efficiently should go together in the one sentence. Yeah, I don't get that. He's not really said much about what they're, how they actually have sex. He just seems to be obsessed with their size. Their size. Something about whale pelvises. <laughs> That's really disappointing that article i thought he was going to get any graphic detail but he's not turns out that these parts of a whale's body their pelvises long considered to be useless like the appendix are actually evolving right along with the whales allowing this people that really know the reproductive biology of whales and dolphins already know and have known that these pelvic bones are an anchor point for reproductive organs and there's something they teach you in a marine mammal class outside of a small circle of a- experts in whale anatomy. He said the common consensus, even among marine biologists, was that the pelvis was a useless bone, one that would disappear given a few million years more of... What? Who cares? <laughs> what has he said here? He said... Um, what's even cooler is that instead of just analysing bones, Dines and his co-author Matthew Dean actively, actually tirelessly 3D scanned hundreds upon hundreds of bones so that they can be analysed from anywhere and by other researchers. With this kind of knowledge on Lewis, how long is it before my spam emails stop telling me that I can increase the size of my penis with Canadian Viagra and start promising me that I too can have the size and control of a whale dong? I live for the future. Wow. This guy's I got mean, issues. Again, each to the room, but that's weird that he wants to have a whale-sized penis because, you know, that Maybe would... he's got a really small penis, and that's why he's obsessed with whale dicks. I feel like though having a dick bigger than your body is also going to come with issues. <laughs> I really don't think that's going to be popular with the ladies or the men, quite no. frankly, unless you've got a massive arsehole. 
or a vagina <laughs> the size of a whale I think that's going to work wow what a way to end this podcast <laughs> if you have an asshole the size of a whale please get in touch please <laughs> <laughs> get in touch or actually maybe you should get in touch with the author of that Jezebel article I'm sure you'd love to hear from you I don't know do you think we've covered I mean not really we haven't even scratched the surface so to speak of what's down in the ocean where's it the deepest body of um, water in scotland is in loch ness where the loch ness monster famously resides that's why they think well maybe that's you know how people say well how the fuck does the loch ness monster still keep popping up if anything it would be dead by now well we've actually covered that point it's very cold down there and because of the lack of oxygen if you've got 500 year old sharks stands to reason that there could be 500 to 1,000 year old Loch Ness monsters cutting about down there and they move incredibly slowly but then then you wouldn't really see them at the surface because it would die wouldn't it by their logic yeah but then maybe it's another species of sea creature that's yeah it needs to be down there most of the time but it doesn't necessarily die if it comes to the surface it can only come to the surface for short amounts of time but then again it's saying here that it's only a depth of 788 feet, 240 metres, which is a small chump change compared to yeah. the Mariana Trench. So so maybe it, do, it could it could survive better on the surface just occasionally. It's just yeah. got loads of caves to hide in in Loch Ness. It's very mysterious. There's not a lot of places. Again, Loch Ness is a very mysterious place because there's so many cave systems down there but it's too deep for anyone to like safely explore unless they send a drone in there or something but i think it would be too murky to actually see anything through a camera maybe we should look into that in a further podcast maybe because yeah i suppose like if you sent a drone down there it could probably literally bump into the Loch Ness monster and wouldn't know because it would just be another moving shape and a big murky blob of shapes i'd love to be able to go down and see all these weird creatures as much as they terrify me i think it'd yeah, be a wild thrilling ride but it is quite scary the thought of a big fucking massive squid shooting its tentacles out and then pulling you towards its giant maw no thanks i bet that guy that wrote the wheel deck article would be really into that though <laughs> he really would he? he sounds like the kind of guy that would love to shove his head up someone's arse or something you know <laughs> <laughs> on that uh, beautiful note should we pick a topic for next yeah, week let's do that um can i pick number 10 please you can pick number 10 it what, is what? the mythology of the saints oh okay the saints of what religion i'm presuming catholicism no it doesn't need to be catholic you can do a greek orthodox saint if you want oh, okay. the saints. right all right then oh well well, I know what I'm going to do. Okay. Don't tell me until next week. Let's I won't. make it a surprise. I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, you. It'll be someone very bizarre. Or funny. I mean, yes, I'm going to do a bizarre one. Yay. Okay. Well, perhaps our listeners would like to do their own exploring in the sea or actually just do a Google. Do a Google Explore. It's much safer. Look at the weird creatures that are found in the Mariana Trench and wonder at their marvels and be kind alright then love you guys (laughs) bye from me bye from Mark say bye 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 from Giant Wheel Dick (laughs) 